Our reading this evening is from 2 Kings 20. 2 Kings 20, the verses 1 to 11. And there we find Hezekiah's prayer in his illness. We're continuing our study of the great prayers of the Bible. And here Hezekiah is offering another prayer. We, we looked in chapter 19 at, at his prayer for deliverance when he laid the letter that nasty letter from Sennacherib, that evil, threatening letter, he just laid it before the Lord. And the Lord answered by saying, I will deliver you. And 185,000 of the Assyrian soldiers were killed, and the city was delivered. Now it says in chapter 20, in those days, so at the same time, right, right around the same time, Hezekiah became ill, and was at the point of death. The prophet Isaiah, so that's the biblical prophet from the book of Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to him and said, this is what the Lord says. Put your house in order because you are going to die. You will not recover. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Remember, Lord, how I have walked before you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion and have done what is good in your eyes. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Before Isaiah had left the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him, go back and tell Hezekiah, the ruler of my people, this is what the Lord, the God of your father, David, says. I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will heal you. On the third day from now, you will go up to the temple of the Lord. I will add 15 years to your life, and I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. I will defend this city for my sake and for the sake of my servant David. Then Isaiah said, prepare a poultice of figs. They did so and applied it to the boil, and he, that's Hezekiah, recovered. Hezekiah had asked Isaiah, what will be the sign that the Lord will heal me and that I will go up to the temple of the Lord on the third day from now? Isaiah answered, this is the Lord's sign to you that the Lord will do what he has promised. Shall the, shall the shadow go forward 10 steps or shall it go back 10 steps? It's a simple matter for the shadow to go forward 10 steps, said Hezekiah. Rather, have it go back 10 steps. Then the prophet Isaiah called on the Lord, and the Lord made the shadow go back the ten steps it had gone down on the stairway of Ahaz. And our text is the prayer itself, just that very uh, brief prayer. Remember, Lord, how I have walked before you faithfully with wholehearted devotion, and have done what is good in your eyes. Congregation of Jesus Christ, we have before us again a wonderful prayer of Hezekiah. This, this is the second prayer we're looking at in looking at various uh, prayers of the Bible too. The, the fact that Hezekiah has two prayers recorded is, is quite something. Hezekiah, as 
he prays, teaches us in our prayer too. This is a, a much more personal prayer. The prayer we looked at before was the prayer to save the city, the prayer for, for the armies of the Assyrians to be defeated. And so it affected Hezekiah, of course. But here, this prayer is in response very personally to the news from Isaiah that he, Hezekiah, has a sudden illness that will end in death. And it says here uh, in verse 1, In those days Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. And then Isaiah came to him and confirmed, You are going to die. So, so it was definitely... Even before Isaiah came, it was, he was ill. Hezekiah was, he was not well at all. And so in that situation, when, when we find ourselves too in situations of illness or, or, or the threat of death or the nearness of death, then, then it's our thought too, this is a time to pray. Absolutely. We might have regular prayer times. We might have closer times, but... At these times of illness, of, of death coming, definitely. These are times where we come together and pray. And so Hezekiah too, as, as he is, is confronting this reality in his own life, he prays. The first thing you need to realize as we see this situation unfold and as we see Hezekiah turn in prayer to the Lord, is, is in relation to when it says in, in chapter 20, verse 1, in those days Hezekiah became ill. And the, the connection is to, back to chapter 19, where the city was being threatened, where Sennacherib was going to attack, uh, defeat the city, uh, apart from God's intervention, and, and Hezekiah and many others would likely have died right there. So in the mid of, middle of all of that turmoil, in the middle of all of that threat and, and uncertainty, and, and Hezekiah prays. And when it says in those days here in verse 1, and again in verse 6, it says, I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria. I will deliver you. So, so there's, there's a real overlap. There's an overlap between there's one threat that's being prayed for, chapter 19, and there's another real concern that Hezekiah is praying for at this time. And if you... If you think about it for a moment, these things are, are happening simultaneously. They are happening uh, immediately following one another. And so, so the first thing we need to realize is that there are these struggles that we face, that people face, and not just one thing, but even several things, several serious things. I mean, these are two major things. At the same time, as, as there's all this threat on the outside, then, then Hezekiah is ill unto death. 
on the inside. And both of those things are, are yeah, totally consuming, totally worrying. And so when, when he is dealing with the one thing and he lays the letter before the Lord, even as he is walking to the temple with that letter, then, then he's not feeling well. And, and now right away he gets the word that, that his illness, a boil we read in verse 7, is unto death, and that, that he will not, he cannot go up to the house of the Lord, he will not go to the temple for three days. He is so ill. And so, so the first thing to, to realize in terms of, of the prayer of Hezekiah is, is there are things that happen to us in our lives Things can pile up. Things can come together. It's not just one thing and then we pray and the Lord answers and it's over and everything is fine. Because, because Hezekiah, huge threat, and then illness, huge concern, and, and you'd think it's enough already. And we have people too. Sometimes people... Some more than others, there's one thing and another thing and another thing, and you say, what's going on? How is that possible? Well, well, the, the picture of our lives and prayer in the story of Hezekiah is, is that these things happen. And the point is, the, the, the direction here, Hezekiah prays again. He just brings it to the Lord again. And in our lives, too, when, when one thing happens and then even it's, it's barely done and then something else that's very troubling happens and then something else that's not at all, yeah, it's, it's worrying and it's upsetting. And you say, what do we do with this? Well, well in, in a sense, don't be surprised. Don't, don't be thrown off. This, this is a reality. It happened to the great, great men of the past, great people of the past. It's a reality in a sinful world, threats, sickness, death, trouble, pain, hardship, and we continue to pray. That's our, our stance. In those circumstances, Hezekiah simply turns to the Lord again. He said, Lord, I come to you again. And, and we need that. We need to have that reminder in our lives too, first of all, that that is the way we respond to come before God with those things always. So Hezekiah has the two prayers, and uh, I'll show you in a minute. He has even more prayers, more serious prayers that, that he is offering to the Lord often. And so that's a, a picture of Hezekiah. It's, it's not that life is easy, it's simple, everything is fine. There might be a little glitch, you pray, it gets answered. No, there's, there's struggles and then there's more struggle. And that's a reality. And that's what we deal with. Now just to focus in on the prayer itself, to, to recognize just 
in the prayer itself, how he comes before God. It's good when we read through this uh, passage to ask again some questions, some questions of the text. It says, in those days, Hezekiah became ill. And then Isaiah says, too, you are going to die. Well, how old was Hezekiah? How old was he? It says in 2 Kings 18 that Hezekiah was 25 years old when he began to reign. 2 Kings 18. And it tells us in verse 2 there that he reigned for 29 years. And so he died at the age of 54. And that includes the 15 years. So that means when he had this illness, he was 39, 39 years old. Which at that time, yeah, people didn't live hugely long, but it was still young-ish, wasn't old. And so he is, yeah, 39, quite young that he has this illness, that he is going to die. He's been king for 14 years. Now, why might he ask for another 15 years? There's really three reasons why that would be very, very appropriate for him. The first reason is, when it says in in, in chapter 20, verse 1, The prophet Isaiah comes to him and tells him, put your house in order because you are going to die. Put your house in order. We think about that a little bit, and you read about that elsewhere in the Bible. Yeah, get things arranged, everything else. What it means here specifically, and what it always means biblically when it's talking about kings and things, is get your your heir, the next king. Get that figured out. Who is going to king after you? Which one of your sons? Hezekiah doesn't have any sons. At this point, at age 39, he has no sons. He and his wife have tried to have children. They have no children. And so Hezekiah hears from Isaiah, you are going to die, put your house in order, Get your son who will rule after you. There is no son. And so you recognize an echo right away of Abraham who prayed to God over and over, give me a son. And not, not personally, not for, for my sake, but for your sake. Because God had promised Abraham through his children, all the world would be blessed. And God had promised David, King David, the great-great-great-grandfather of Hezekiah, in whose line Hezekiah is, God had promised David, you will always have a descendant on the throne. And Hezekiah is that descendant, and there's no son. So the promise of God is about to be cut off. If God takes Hezekiah's life at this point, it's the end of the promise of, of the kingship, of the nation, of everything. So no wonder Hezekiah weeps. He can't set his house in order. The house is completely out of order. And so, so there's a reason that God 
would give him a few more years. In fact, uh, the scripture tells us that after God answered his prayer, three years later, Manasseh was born, and Manasseh began to reign at age 12. So that's in 2 Kings 21. So God answered that prayer. The second thing you need to realize in relation to Isaiah, uh, Hezekiah's prayer here is, is when Hezekiah says in his prayer, Remember, Lord, how I have walked before you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion and have done what is good in your eyes. And you say, yes. Hezekiah has been amazing, amazing. King Ahaz, his predecessor, his father, awful. Closed the temple, brought in child sacrifice. Hezekiah restored everything good, did everything right, proclaimed God's name, changed, uh, got rid of the altars, the idols. He has faithfully as a king, wholeheartedly done what is good. And then if you read Isaiah 38, where after he is healed, then, then he writes a, a, a song of thanksgiving and, and he praises the Lord and he says, now I can do more of that. Now I can continue that work and, and just encouraging the people in faith and absolutely so that he would be spared and given more years because he is totally dedicated to doing the good things of God. And so that would be a great reason for God to extend his life. And the third thing you need to realize is that Hezekiah, like I said when I read Psalm 121, Hezekiah felt called to review the whole Torah, the whole Bible, as he had it, and to, to bring together godly men, scribes, and it says in Proverbs 25, verse 1, there's a clear reference to the men of Hezekiah. And the men of Hezekiah worked with those Old Testament scriptures, put them in order, and, and especially the, the connection to the songs of ascent where we are, are connected to Hezekiah himself as king. To, to invite people to come to Jerusalem, to come up to God, to come to the temple, to come and worship. And that was his desire as king that all the people would come to know God more. And so those songs of ascent, 120 to 134, he, he really was behind having that clearly in the scriptures. Also, you find in the Hebrew uh, early manuscripts, the letters HZK tied to many of the old Hebrew manuscripts that, that this, this group of scholars during the time of Hezekiah worked with the text, making sure, carefully preserving, doing that work. So those are some of the things that he uh, is referring to when he says in his prayer, Remember, Lord, how I have walked before you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion, and I have sought to do what is good in your eyes. But it's, it's not bragging. He's not bragging. He's, he's simply stating the desire of his heart to serve God. And 
notice when it says at the beginning of the prayer, he turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. So just very humbly, very personally, sharing the desire of his heart. Lord, I want to I wanna live for you more. I want to serve you more. I don't, it's not that I need more years for myself, but that I want to do more for you is really his prayer. Beautiful prayer of, of humble service. And it's, it's when Jesus says in Matthew 6 uh, about the Pharisees who stand on the street corners and brag their prayers, how great they are. But he says, when you pray, close the door, pray to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is in secret will reward you. So he turns his face to the wall. Nobody can see him. Nobody, nobody hears what he's praying. It's just him laying his life before the Lord. A beautiful, humble prayer. And that's, that's how we are called always to come before the Lord as well. The sense of, of humility is also in the fact that he doesn't ask for 15 years. Sometimes when we think back on this account and we think we know it quite well and we think, oh yeah, Hezekiah was ill and he prayed to the Lord and he asked the Lord for 15 years and the Lord gave it to him. No, he didn't ask. He didn't ask at all for anything. God graciously granted him the 15 years. And so it's just a very humble, humble prayer. Then this particular account of prayer also points to the reality that God answers prayer. And the answer here is, is just lovely. Just a few things in terms of how God answers prayer. First of all, verse 4 and 5, we are, are struck by the fact that God answers prayer. Not always, but he can and he does answer prayer quickly. That's very clear here. Because it says, Hezekiah offers his prayer, verse 3. And this is, this is in, in the palace, the king's palace, which is, is a fairly large place. But still, as Isaiah has left Hezekiah's bedroom where he's laying on his bed and is by the middle court. So has just, just made his way out into the, the courtyard. And, and right away, right away, God tells him, go back. Go back and tell Hezekiah that I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. How long has Hezekiah prayed? Not even five minutes. And, and the pillow is, is not even wet from the tears yet. And the answer is there. Wow. Amazing. And so that reality of, of a God who who answers and quickly is beautifully portrayed here. God says, I hear your prayer. I see your tears. Why so quick in this case? We don't know exactly. Uh, when we pray, though, that, that we are ready, we are ready because God can and will act quickly at times. So that's, that's a beautiful comfort, a beautiful assurance. Second thing, God answers generously the 15 additional years. 
Not five or ten, fifteen. Manasseh was born after three. So it could have just been three. I'll give you three more years. And then Manasseh would have been born. And then the promise of, of the kingship would have continued. Gives twelve more. So it's a very gracious thing. Very, very goodness of God. And then this is a very nice example in terms of answering prayer of, of God using the medical means. Sometimes the, the, the picture of prayer, yeah, by your faith and, and then you should be healed. But here, here very clearly, the answer is you will live, I will heal you, but that's not, not right there. That's through medical means. Isaiah says, prepare a poultice of figs and then it's going to take three days. And so, okay, the prayer is prayed, the answer is given, but it's going to be through medical means, and it's going to be three days. And so, so we have it too when we pray to God in, in illness and when we have to wait two weeks for a medical test and then two weeks to go in and get it and three weeks to come back and then you wait for the results. And, and what is that? And you, you struggle with that. And so... God, in answer to prayer, can work, does work. We see it all the time. And so that is affirmed here. God uses medical means, and we give thanks for that. Now consider, consider even with those medical means, we never lose sight of the Lord. And there is, there is a tendency at times that we do and so this, this is very interesting where verse 8, Hezekiah, he has to wait the three days. And he's not sure. <laughs> he wonders. He worries about it. And that's where he says, he asks Isaiah for a sign that the Lord will heal me and that I will go up to the temple of the Lord three days from now. So that's where that sign comes in. It's tied to God working through the medical process, but then, then a, a sign is given to assure Isaiah that God will do what he has promised. And so the sign is given, the shadow. And the question again, why this sign? Always good to ask the text. God can do all kinds of signs. But it's, it's and, and Hezekiah doesn't ask, do something with the shadow on the stairs of Ahaz, no. God says, between the shadow going one way or the other, but it's going to be the shadow. The shadow is going to be the sign. So what, what's going on there? There are... Uh, various options. Uh, scientists talk about how this might have happened, the refraction of the atmosphere, light through dense clouds, and all, all this kind of thing. It's a theological sign. It has, its power is, is, in, is in faith, in trusting in God. So however it happened, it definitely happened, no doubt. The shadow went backwards, no doubt. 
but it's a theological shadow. God covered the step with his shadow. Hezekiah has been part of the, the men of Hezekiah studying the word of God, studying especially the Psalms. And in the Psalms, most clearly, Psalm 17, verse 8, Psalm 36, verse 7, Psalm 57, verse 1, it comes back. Hide me under the shadow of your wings. Wow. That's a comfort. There's a shadow around. Where are you? Hidden under the shadow of God's powerful care. Psalm 23, when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Hezekiah knows that. But there's, a, there's another shadow. There's God's shadow. And Psalm 63, verse 7, I sing under the shadow. And Psalm 91, verse 1, rest in the shadow of the Almighty. And Hezekiah would know these psalms because he's, he's been working with his, his team of scribes and, and, and they've been looking and organizing and, and reflecting on all of this material. And, and there it is for him in his need. Beautiful word of comfort from the Lord. And so that's the shadow, a sign that touches his heart, especially at the time of his sickness. There's one final thing. We have that as well in terms of the shadow, God's care in our lives. There is one other thing in here that, that touches us even more than the shadow. The sign, the sign is given to Hezekiah of, of the shadow moving back and forth. But we would focus on these words from verse 5, repeated in verse 8. Uh, in verse 5, Isaiah, God's word through Isaiah to Hezekiah, I will heal you. On the third day from now, you will go up to the temple of the Lord. And Hezekiah, in verse 8, asks, What will be the sign the Lord will heal me and that I will go up to the temple of the Lord on the third day? Why the third day? Why does it just take three days? And that's a sign to us. Those of us who are reading these words in the light of God's redeeming work in this world. And so when it says, on the third day, you will go up. On the third day, you will rise up. On the third day, you will, you will move from the state of death to life. It's a picture of the Lord Jesus who died and rose on the third day. That's what it's picturing already, an assurance that when we offer our prayers, when we are confronted in our lives with the reality of death, which will come to all of us, on the third day, Jesus rose, and he said, all who believe in me will live. And so to encourage our faith, to keep us strong in our prayers, to know the truth that Jesus has overcome even the power of death. So we need not fear. We don't need signs on stairs. We don't need shadows back and forth. We need Jesus, the sign of the power of God and the love of God for us, holding us firmly in faith 
And that's what Hezekiah's prayer points to, our prayer, trusting in God. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word that continues to direct us to your great power and love. And we see that most clearly, Lord Jesus, in your coming and dying on the cross for our sins and rising again to give us hope of life. Lord, we thank you for your presence with us each day by your Spirit. We thank you that your word continues to remind us of all that you have done and continue to do. We thank you that you do hear our prayers, that you answer quickly and generously, that you continue to make yourself known to us through your word that you have preserved through Hezekiah and through all the centuries so that we can hold it and read it and learn from you in it. Lord, we thank you that we can trust in your promises, that you have set a king on the throne who reigns even now, Lord Jesus, you, the son of David, the one who has all power and authority. We pray to you and trust in you to be our Lord, our Savior, our guide, and all the things that concern us, that worry us, that trouble us. Lord, we put our hope in you. Amen.